0: Book six of the Dawn and the Day. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Christine Blashford. The Dawn and the Day by Henry Thayer Niles. Book six. Seven days had passed since first he saw the light, seven days of deep ecstatic peace and joy, of open vision of that blissful world, of sweet communion with those dwelling there. But having tasted, seen, and felt the joys of that bright world where love is all in all, filling each heart, inspiring every thought, guiding each will, and prompting every act, he yearned to see the other darker side, of that bright picture where the wars and hates, the lust, the greed, the cruelty and crime, that fill the world with pain and want and woe, have found their dwelling-place and final goal quicker than eagles soaring toward the sun till but a speck against the azure vault swoop down upon their unsuspecting prey quicker than watch-fires on the mountain-top send warnings to the dwellers in the plain led by his guides he reached nirvana's verge whence he beheld a broad and pleasant plain spread with a carpet of the richest green and decked with flowers of every varied tint whose blended odours fill the balmy air where trees pleasant to sight and good for food in rich abundance and spontaneous grow a living stream as purest crystal clear with gentle murmurs wound along the plain its surface bright with fairer lotus flowers than mortal eye on earth had ever seen while on its banks were cool umbrageous groves whose drooping branches spicy breezes stir a singing bird in every waving bough whose joyful notes the soul of music shed a mighty multitude beyond the power of men to number moved about the plain some seeming strangers wander through the groves and pluck the flowers or eat the luscious fruits some seeming visitors from better worlds here wait and watch as for expected guests while angel divas clothed in innocence whose faces beam with wisdom glow with love with loving welcomes greet each coming guest with loving counsels aid instruct and guide And as he looked the countless restless throng seemed ever-changing ever moving on so that this plain comparing great to small seemed like a station near some royal town greater than london or old babylon where all the roads from some vast empire meet and many caravans or sweeping trains bring and remove the ever-changing throng this plain a valley bordered deep and still the very valley of his fearful dream seen from the other side whose rising mists were all aglow with ever-changing light like passing clouds above the setting sun, through which as through a glass he darkly saw unnumbered funeral trains in sable-clad, to solemn music and with measured tread bearing their dead to countless funeral piles, as thick as heaps that through the livelong day with patient toil the sturdy woodman rear, while clearing forests for the golden grain, and set aflame when evening's shades descend, filling the glowing woods with floods of light and ghostly shadows, so these funeral piles send up their curling smoke and crackling flames there eager flames devour an infant's flesh here loving arms that risen infant clasp there loud laments bewail a loved one lost here joyful welcomes greet that loved one found and there he saw a pompous funeral train bearing a body clothed in robes of state to blare of trumpet sound of shell and drum while many mourners bow in silent grief and widows orphans raise a loud lament as for a father a protector lost and as the flames lick up the fragrant oils and whirl and hiss around that wasting form an eager watcher from a better world welcomes her husband to her open arms the cumbrous load of pomp and power cast off, while waiting divas in the happy throng, his power protected and his bounty blessed, with joy conduct his unaccustomed steps, onwards and upwards to those blissful seats, where all his stores of duties well performed, of power well used and wealth in kindness given, were garnered up beyond the reach of thieves, where moths ne'er eat and rust can ne'er corrupt another train draws near a funeral pile of aloes sandalwood and cassia built and drenched with every incense breathing oil and draped with silks and rich with rarest flowers where grim officials clothed in robes of state placed one in royal purple decked with gems whose word had been a trembling nation's law, whose angry nod was death to high or low no mourners gather round this costly pile the people shrink in terror from the sight but sullen soldiers there keep watch and ward while eager flames consume those nerveless hands so often raised to threaten or command suck out those eyes that filled the court with fear and only left of all this royal pomp a little dust the winds may blow away but here that selfsame monarch comes in view for royal purple clothed in filthy rags and lustreless that crown of priceless gems those eyes whose bend so lately awed the world blinking and bleared and blinded by the light those hands that later royal sceptre bore shaking with fear and dripping all with blood and as he looked that some should give him place and lead him to a seat for monarch's fit he only saw a group of innocents his hands had slain now clothed in spotless white from whom he fled as if by furies chased fled from those groves and gardens of delight fled on and down a broad and beaten road by many trod and toward a desert waste with distance dim and gloomy grim and vast where piercing thorns and leafless briars grow and dead sea apples ashes to the taste where loathsome reptiles crawl and hiss and sting and birds of night and bat-winged dragons fly where beetling cliffs seem threatening instant fall and opening chasms seem yawning to devour and sulphurous seas were swept with lurid flames that seethe and boil from hidden fires below again he saw beyond that silent vale one frail and old without a rich man's gate, laid down to die beneath a people tree, and parched with thirst and pierced with sudden pain a root his pillow and the earth his bed alone he met the king of terrors there whose wasting body cumbering now the ground chandalus cast upon the passing stream to float and fester in the fiery sun till whirled by eddies caught by roots it lay a prey for vultures and for fishes food that self same day a dart of deadly pain shot through that rich man's hard, unfeeling heart, that laid him low beyond the power to save, e'en while his servants cast without his gates that poor old man, who came to beg him spare his roof-tree where his fathers all had died, his hearth, the shrine of all his inmost joys, his little home to every heart so dear, and in due season tongues of hissing flames, that rich man's robes like snowflakes whirled in air, and curled his crackling skin, consumed his flesh, and sucked the marrow from his whitened bones but here these two their places seemed to change that rich man's houses lands and flocks and herds his servants rich apparel stores of gold and all he loved and lived for left behind the friends that nature gave him turned to foes dependents whom his greed had wronged and crushed shrinking away as from a deadly foe no generous wish no gentle tender thought to hide his nakedness his shrivelled soul stood stark and bare the gaze of passers-by nothing within to draw him on and up he slinks away and wanders on and down till in the desert grovelling in the dust he digs and burrows seeking treasures there while that poor man as we count poverty is rich in all that makes the spirits wealth his heart so pure that thoughts of guile and evil purpose find no lodgment there his life so innocent that bitter words and evil speaking ne'er escape his lips, the little that he had he freely shared, and wished it more that more he might have given, now rich in soul, for here a crust of bread in kindness shared, a cup of water given, is worth far more than all Potosi's mines, and Araby's perfumes and India's silks, and all the cattle on a thousand hills, and clothed as with a robe of innocence, the divas welcome him, his troubles past, the conflict ended and the triumph gained and there two brahmans pressed their funeral pile and sink to dust amid the whirling flames each from his lisping infancy had heard that brahmans were a high and holy caste too high and holy for the common touch and each had learned that veda's secret law but here they parted one was cold and proud drawing away from all the humbler castes as made to toil and only fit to serve The other found within those sacred books that all were brothers made of common clay, and filled with life from one eternal source, while Brahman's only elder brothers were, with greater light to be his brother's guide, with greater strength to give his brother aid, that he alone a real Brahman was, who had a Brahman spirit, not his blood. With patient toil from youth to hoary age he taught the ignorant and helped the weak, and now they come where all external pomp and rank and caste and creed are nothing worth. But when that proud and haughty Brahman saw poor Sudras and Chandalas clothed in white, he swept away with proud and haughty scorn, swept on and down where heartless selfishness alone can find congenial company. The other, full of joy, his brothers met, and in sweet harmony they journeyed on, where higher joys await the pure in heart and there he saw all ranks and grades and castes chandala sudra warrior brahman prince the wise and ignorant the strong and weak in all the stages of our mortal round from lisping infancy to palsied age by all the ways to human frailty known enter that veil of shadows deep and still leaving behind their pomp and power and wealth leaving their rags and wretchedness and want and cast off bodies dust to dust returned by flames consumed or mouldering to decay while here the real character appeared all shows hypocrisies and shams cast off so that a life of gentleness and love shines through the face and moulds the outer form to living beauty blooming not to fade while every act of cruelty and crime seems like a gangrened ever-widening wound wasting the very substance of the soul marring its beauty eating out its strength and here arrived the good in little groups together drawn by inward sympathy and led by divas take the upward way to those sweet fields his opened eyes had seen those ever-widening mansions of delight while those poor souls o sad and fearful sight the very well-springs of the life corrupt shrink from the light and shun the pure and good fly from the divas who with perfect love would gladly soothe their anguish ease their pain fly on and down that broad and beaten road till in the distance in the darkness lost 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 and must it be for ever lost the gentle buddha's all-embracing love shrunk from the thought but rather sought relief in that most ancient faith by sages taught that these poor souls at length may find escape the grasping in the gross and greedy swine the cunning in the sly and prowling fox the cruel in some ravening beast of prey while those less hardened less depraved may gain rebirth in men degraded grovelling base but here in sadness let us drop the veil hoping that he whose ways are not like ours whose love embraces all his handiwork who in beginnings sees the final end may find some way to save these sinful souls consistent with his fixed eternal law that good from good evil from evil flows here buddha saw the mystery of life at last unfolded to its hidden depths he saw that selfishness was sorrow's root and ignorance its dense and deadly shade he saw that selfishness bred lust and hate deformed the features and defiled the soul and closed its windows to those waves of love that flow perennial from nirvana's sun he saw that grovelling lusts and base desires like noxious weeds unchecked, luxurious grow, making a tangled jungle of the soul, where no good seed can find a place to root, where noble purposes and pure desires and gentle thoughts wither and fade and die, like flowers beneath the deadly upas tree. He saw that selfishness bred grasping greed, and made the miser, made the prowling thief, and bred hypocrisy, pretence, deceit, and made the bigot, made the faithless priest, bred anger cruelty and thirst for blood and made the tyrant stained the murderer's knife and filled the world with war and want and woe and filled the dismal regions of the lost with fiery flames of passions never quenched with sounds of discord sounds of clanking chains with cries of anguish howls of bitter hate yet saw that man was free not bound and chained helpless and hopeless to a whirling wheel rolled on resistless by some cruel power regardless of their cries and prayers and tears free to resist those gross and grovelling lusts free to obey nirvana's law of love the law of order primal highest law which guides the great artificer himself who weaves the garments of the joyful spring who paints the glories of the passing clouds who tunes the music of the rolling spheres guided by love in all his mighty works filling with love the humblest willing heart he saw that love softens and sweetens life and stills the passions, soothes the troubled breast fills homes with joy and gives the nation's peace, a sovereign balm for all the spirit's wounds, the living fountain of Nirvana's bliss. For here before his eyes were countless souls born to the sorrows of a sinful world, with burdens bowed by cares and griefs oppressed, who felt for others' sorrows as their own, who lent a helping hand to those in need, returning good for evil, love for hate, whose garments now were white as spotless wool, whose faces beamed with gentleness and love, as onward, upward, divas guide their steps, Nirvana's happy mansions full in view. He saw the noble eightfold path that mounts from life's low levels to Nirvana's heights, not by steep grades the strong alone can climb, but by such steps as feeblest limbs may take. He saw that day by day and step by step, by lusts resisted and by evil shunned, by acts of love and daily duties done, soothing some heartache, helping those in need, smoothing life's journey for a brother's feet, guarding the lips from harsh and bitter words guarding the heart from gross and selfish thoughts guarding the hands from every evil act brahman or sudra high or low may rise till heaven's bright mansions open to the view and heaven's warm sunshine brightens all the way while neither hecatombs of victims slain nor clouds of incense wafted to the skies nor chanted hymns nor prayers to all the gods can raise a soul that clings to grovelling lusts he saw the cause of sorrow and its cure He saw that waves of love surround the soul as waves of sunlight fill the outer world, while selfishness, the subtle alchemist concealed within, changes that love to hate, forges the links of karma's fatal chain, of passions, envies, lusts to bind the soul, and weaves his webs of falsehood and deceit to close its windows to the living light, changing its mansion to its prison-house, where it must lay self-chained and self-condemned, while dharma, truth, the law, the living word, brushes away those deftly woven webs, opens its windows to the living light, reveals the architect of all its ills, scatters the timbers of its prison-house, and snaps in twain those bitter galling chains, so that the soul once more may stand erect, victor of self, no more to be enslaved, and live in charity and gentle peace, bearing all meekly loving those who hate, and when at last the fated stream is reached, with lightened boat to reach the other shore and here he found the light he long had sought, gilding at once Nirvana's blissful heights, and lighting life's sequestered lowly veils, a light whose inner life is perfect love, a love whose outer form is living light. Nirvana's son, the light of all the worlds, heart of the universe, whose mighty pulse gives heaven, the worlds, and even hell their life, maker and father of all living things, Maitreya's self, the lover, saviour, guide, the last, the greatest Buddha, who must rule as lord of all before the Kalpa's end the way of life the noble eightfold path the way of truth the dharma parda found with joy he bade his loving guides farewell with joy he turned from all those blissful scenes and when the rosy dawn next tinged the east, And morning's burst of song had waked the day, With staff and bowl he left the sacred tree, Where pilgrims, passing pathless mountain heights, And desert sands and ocean's stormy waves, From every nation, speaking every tongue, Should come in after times to breathe their vows, Beginning on that day his pilgrimage of five and forty years from place to place, Breaking the cruel chains of caste and creed, Teaching the law of love, the way of life. End of book six.